I'm Leonard Riggs, and this is my podcast from my head to your ears. Today, I'm going to share my my adventure with caregiving with my mom. I'll be right back, and I'll talk all about it. Thank you. I'm Leonard Riggs. This is my podcast from my head to your ears, as I said. I'm Leonard Riggs, and this is my podcast, From My Head to Your Ears. And today I thought I'd talk about uh, the fact that I'm a caregiver for my mom, who has Alzheimer's. And she's in the late stages. I've been dealing with this for over seven years now. Longer than that, if you count uh, the time before leading up to the the diagnosis uh, when my dad was alive, he died May 7th, uh, 2016. And he also was diagnosed with Alzheimer's uh, very late in life. He was 90 years old, and uh, he never got to the depths of Alzheimer's. He was just at the beginning of it, but he passed away before it advanced any further. Um, but she was taking care of him. And again, I had no idea of of what all she had done for him. I helped. I moved back home and was helping with him and her. And there were episodes where they both would be um, in bad shape. I woke up one day and they both were in the floor. Actually, I didn't just wake up. They woke me up. My dad scooted over to my bedroom door and kicked the door a little bit so I would wake up. And I had to go lift them both off the floor. Apparently, my mom had fallen and my dad tried to pick her up, and he had fallen. At that point, my dad was smaller than my mom, which if you knew my mom and dad, that's just hard to believe, but he was he had gotten so thin and frail at that point. And my mom was uh, a very stout woman, built like Marilyn Monroe at one point of her life. So she had every bit of 160 pounds, and he was every bit of 110. But um, after my dad died, my mom, it was such a shock to her that it put her in full Alzheimer's. Um, She kind of had a breakdown. And at the beginning of Alzheimer's, and this is my experience, you you go to a state of denial in their behavior. They, They do these little things that is so not like them. My mom started hiding stuff. Um, There was two things going on with my mom. There was my mom that knew that her mind was slipping and she was trying to prepare her her personal life, trying to get things in order. And then there was the other part where she was so confused that she misplaced things that I have still not found. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what she did with a lot of important... um, uh, records and things. I, I'm still searching. Seven years later, but um, I'd come home and she'd be talking on the phone, and I'd be like, "Who are you talking to, mom?" And she'd be, "I don't know." And I would, I would kind of get the phone away from her. It'd be a, a telemarketer that she was just telling her whole life to, and I have to hang up. And she'd get so mad at me, just little things and tying into friends that just yelling at them for no reason. Uh, 
and just horribly being kind of mean. And then she was also at that stage where I was trying to sleep for midnight shifts and it was getting impossible because she would get out of the house. A lot of times she'd get out and she'd fall. She fell in the ditch while I was talking to the neighbors. And thank God my neighbors are first responders. My the Taylors, I love you guys. You've helped me a lot. But John, had we had to get her out of the ditch. And it wasn't a graceful fall either. It was a fall fall. She fell out of the door one time. We had to rush to the hospital and get stitches in her hand. She went uptown and fell. She was falling a lot. Went uptown and fell in front of the drugstore while I was asleep for midnight shifts. And thank God I live in a small town and they knew my mom. And uh, Patty at the Kirk's drugstore took her where she wanted to go. She wanted to go to the bank and get some money out. And uh, she was bleeding. Patty brought her in the house and I was asleep. Had no idea she got out. And it was just those things Or I'd wake up and she would she would be making herself a meal. She would put the coffee pot, the Mr. Coffee coffee pot with the plastic handle on the stove to warm it up and melt the handle. So I had to take all the burners off the um, stove. Uh, I had to kind of safety proof the house because she was still very independent minded and stubborn. And then the, the funniest and saddest story I had was when she made her a bowl of ice cream and she put hand soap and pickles and crackers on top of it. And I was like, oh my, let's put that up for uh, for later because I'm cooking supper. So I went and made her ice cream and put uh, chocolate syrup and graham crackers on it and gave it to her and didn't tell her that wasn't what she made. She loved it, but God, that would have poisoned her drinking that or made her sick eating what she put on there. So it was just little horrifying slash funny moments that I was catching and dealing with. And then there was a whole... I I lived there, so... Uh, my sister lives in Missouri. She's not in good health. And my other sisters are busy with their lives, and I lived there, so I, I kind of was the spokesperson for her. Um, and I, I felt like everybody really thought we should put her in a home, and I was kind of not wanting to do that. And I thought, I could, I could take care of her. I could do this. And rightfully so, my family didn't think I could. I've never had kids. I work at a convenience store. Uh, I've never shown a lot of... Uh, what am I trying to say? I, I think I haven't lived up to my potential, therefore I think I'm thought of as kind of simple. Uh, I'm just being honest. I'm not simple at the very least. I just... Oh, I fly by the seat of my pants. I'm a dreamer. I'm maybe a bit irresponsible. I, I I pay my bills and I show up for work and everything, but as far as achieving great things, I never really cared to do that. I just like to have enough money to live on and 
uh, enough money to buy my favorite movies. I'm, I'm very simple. I'm not simple-minded, but I'm simple-hearted. Simple, whatever you want to call it. I don't really like that word, but... Anyway, so I really... I can see my family's standpoint of not me not being able to do this and not knowing what I'm getting into, but I kind of did. And believe you me, I was scared to death because nobody doubted themselves more than me. So I kind of forced my sisters into helping me keep her home and that it was hard on them. Uh, they both, both my sisters were not in the best of health. And my sister Lori was just so scared for her mother and me and everybody. She's the big sister and she was far away and not able to help. And it was very frustrating for her, very heartbreaking for her. Uh, she still feels that way. She feels like she can't do enough, but my sister is dealing with things beyond what one person should have to deal with. And my brother-in-law, Tom, is helping and taking care of her. And he's had issues too. What they're going through is another thing entirely. And it's heartbreaking and sad. And uh, believe you me, I could have used her help, but she can't do it. She just can't. And that's the way that is. So myself and my two sisters, Cindy and Kim, we took turns taking care of her. Cindy's a small girl with some disabilities and she can't hear. She's very deaf. And my mom was at that point large, so Cindy couldn't lift on her. We had to, it got to the point where we had to put her on the toilet. And uh, to the point later where we had to clean her as well. So the, at the beginning, my mom was still independent. So you just had to kind of make sure she was doing things correctly. She was still able to do her hair and dress herself and take her showers. But you had to make sure she wasn't doing anything a little bit off center. Um, that was, to me, the most difficult part of my caregiving experience was the beginning. Because when she lost that independence, it was, she was very confused and very, <clears throat> very upset at herself for not being able to do stuff, not being able to remember, and just really hard on herself. And I remember when we went and had the test, and it's a, a what they do when they test for Alzheimer's is they, they quiz the person, uh, they give them simple questions, and very simple, like draw a clock with the with the hands pointing to uh, twelve and the three. Draw draw three o'clock, you know. And she couldn't do it, and she couldn't remember her. She couldn't remember her birthday. Um, it was little simple questions, and she, obviously she couldn't answer them. And we were all trying to help her answer. And the doctor said, "No, let her answer these. This is important." So it was very obvious she was, something was going on. But the beginning, the whole escaping, I had to put a chair in front of the door because she thought her ex-husband was going to get her and he had been dead for years. But I obliged and I made a little joke about it. It was kind of funny. I would put little pictures on Snapchat 
Snapchat and say the house is secure. Um, it got to the point where I couldn't leave her by herself at all. So when I worked, my sister Cindy would have to stay all night with her. Little did I know my sister was going through something that we didn't, she didn't know either. She wasn't feeling well. Um, my sister Kim had grandchildren that she was missing out on and she wasn't ready to give up her life with her grandkids who she adores. So I was kind of forcing them into helping and this was my idea, you know, what I'm saying. It's nobody's at fault or bad people because not everybody can give up everything care for somebody. I was willing to do it, but it's not that they weren't willing, it's that they just couldn't. They had obligations to other family members. My mom was all I had. I mean, I have no children. I had no pets at that point. Nothing. Just my mom. I lost my dad. My mom and dad were everything to me. So they were my everything. Everybody else had kids and grandkids and lives and do you see where I'm going with that? I hope I'm saying this correctly. I feel like looking in hindsight, I realized I was kind of being selfish. And I someone said I was being selfish. And I understand that now in the beginning. Um, I was. This was my, my idea. <laughs> so Cindy ended up being diagnosed with cancer, and actually twice during this period. And she got to where she just couldn't help at all. So Kim took over, and she was really missing out on her grandkids. And her husband was, her husband has uh, illness as well. And it, it was being, it was too much on her. And I was working and um, coming home and taking care of my mom. And it was getting more and more difficult. I had to learn, the first time I had to, clean her thoroughly, bathe her, whatever, change her, wipe her, everything. It was really uncomfortable for my mom and for me because my mom was very dignified and it embarrassed her and embarrassed me. Uh, as time went on, it got easier. And now I don't think anything about it. It's, you know, just have to do it. But I also started uh, a friend of mine's mom. I had a friend that passed away, and his mom had come to the store and asked me if I knew anybody that needed help with elderly. And at, I believe at first I, I was, we were all doing it. But she was the first caregiver I had, and she was excellent. And I paid her out of pocket, and she really grew to love my mom. And they had a lot in common. They both were Pentecostal and. Um, she really took care of my mom. She helped me so much. When COVID hit, she didn't miss a lick. Uh, Jackie, if you're listening, I appreciate you so much. Uh, I couldn't have made it without you. Uh, my sister Cindy would come over and help what she could, but she was going through chemo. And uh, she could. She was very limited as to what she could do. My mom progressively got worse, and uh, we got her a hospital bed. And believe it or not, whenever I didn't have to put her on the toilet anymore, it became easier to take care of her. 
it was maybe a little more heartbreaking. But my sense of uh, responsibility, believe it or not, I do have one, <laughs> would kick in, and it was just easier to clean her and roll her over. And I learned, I learned from Jackie. My sister Kim gave good advice. Um, I just I looked up on YouTube on how to to uh, change a bed with someone in it. Learned a lot from YouTube. Believe you, believe you me. There's a lot of good videos out there to help with caregiving if if you're going through this. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I just had so many, so much, and friends support help from friends oh my gosh I could my boss has been a help at work my boss Diana she has helped me get mom to doctor's appointments and she's come over and helped me lift on her and the EMTs around here God love you uh, you've been I've had a call many times and they've always been wonderful and I've just had a lot of help there <coughs> I think this is a good place to take a break because A, my sinuses are are really bothering me this morning and B, I need a drink. So I'm going to take a break and I'll talk more about caregiving in just a moment. I'm Leonard Riggs and this is my podcast from my head to yours and I'm back. I was talking about um, the beginning of the caregiving experience and all the trials and tribulations that we went through in this experience, during this experience. So my mom settled into a path of um, decline and um, when I look back at the amount of time from 2016 to today, 2023, um, she has lost a lot of weight. Uh, I had to cut her hair. She's Pentecostal. So she had long hair due to just it being more convenient and less, uh, her hair was getting all tangled up. And now I'm having an issue with her eating her hair. She chews on her hair. And so I'm, we're probably going to have to cut her hair a little more to keep her fingers out of it. We had issues. I'm going to be blunt. Um, this is real so we had issues with her putting her hands in her her adult diaper and getting it all over the place <sighs> and uh, there's things you don't think about keeping her clean is my number one priority uh, I we keep her very clean she hasn't had a UTI in a long time uh, she doesn't have diaper rash bed sores all sorts of things you have to worry about when you're caregiving because she's become totally sediment in that bed. She doesn't really like to get up. People say, I need to take her out. We take her, I still take her to her doctors. That's when she gets out. And she's so funny when she goes out cute. But her loss of weight was dramatic at first, especially when I started having to feed her. And I felt like a total failure, absolute failure, because she lost all that weight. But it is impossible to constantly feed somebody. <laughs> you can't do it. And my mom and I, 
we're snackers. We've always been, we've always snacked. She likes to eat, loves ice cream, this, that. Some of this stuff really upsets her stomach. And uh, the, the fact that I, she can't snack anymore. Um, she can't, she, at this point, I believe I haven't made her coffee in a while. She loved her coffee, but um, over the years, going back to the caregivers, uh, Jackie had injured herself and couldn't help me anymore. I've gone through several caregivers, a young lady named Sam, who really loved my mom and did well with her too. Um, she moved. And then I went through a series of other people, family members, this, that, and kind of lost my groove on, on caregivers because people want a lot of money. I couldn't afford them. But Cindy went through a chemo and was successful and began helping me full time. And that changed up a lot of things because she was able to do a lot more. She really kicked in when she started feeling better. She's like me. And we were a great team, me and Cindy. And uh, but Cindy's got problem. My brother-in-law became ill, and all sorts of things. Plus, it just was really taxing for her to get up every day. Um, I have cats now too. She takes care of my cats. Uh, that kind of did everything. Um, but I find with totally. Uh, concentrating on caregiving other things kind of suffer I'm not the greatest house cleaner in the world all my mom's medical supplies and things kind of piled up my house is cluttered I'm, I'm, a, I'm not the housekeeper best housekeeper in the world so the house is kind of in a mess and my cats are messy uh, I tell everybody I know my house smells like cats when you have animals they just do when you smoke your house smells like cigarette smoke it's just one of those things if you have pets <clears throat> my mom loves my cats. My cats are good to my mom. Um, in fact, my cat Livy uh, lays with my mom and guards her. It's the cutest thing ever. She just loves my mom. My little cat girlfriend also loves my mom. And if she comes home, she immediately goes to my mom and, and lays down close to her. It's funny how animals sense that. But... <laughs> As my mom declined and the caregiving became more intense, um, it became easier as she became bedridden because I didn't have to worry about her walking outside. I don't have to lift her on the toilet. Um, it's much easier to take care of her in bed, although it's sad that she's that way. She loves to watch television. She responds well to music. Uh, she's lost the ability to talk now. She can still maybe say a word or two. She does recognize that she loves you. She says, I love you. She gives you kisses. Uh, this is, mind you, this is seven years on from the beginning of my journey and her journey. It's not my journey. It's her journey. I'm just along for the ride, I should say. Uh, I still... I, I still, people are, are sad for me because I've had to give up a lot of things, but I've always been a homebody, and I think I've, I've done a lot of things to keep myself happy. I'm 
Snapchatted. I've done blogs and uh, have movie festivals and me and mom watch movies and uh, this podcast where I can have time to be myself and do something for Leonard Riggs. I gotta have a little me time. Caregiving is a huge responsibility. It's not, it is like having a child, but whereas you're preparing someone to live on their own, to grow and become more independent, you're, it's the opposite. You're, you're having to do more for them. You're giving up more free time. It's the total opposite of raising somebody. It's almost like you're lowering them (laughs) into complete uh, needing help. It is a lot of responsibility. Do I get depressed? Oh, hell yes. I've had to get on anxiety medicine. Um, The whole thought of every morning I wake up and I think, is this the day I'm going to is this the day I'm going to find her not alive? Is this... There's always that thought. And when she lays there, I tend to wake her up to make sure she's okay. I always kiss her on the head. I always get my little smile. Uh, I think it's amazing at this late stage in Alzheimer's. I play the movie Grease and she sings as best she could. She's also developed a habit... Uh, a vocal habit where she I have to make this noise they call it a raspberry where she goes that's how she communicates and I noticed when she's very stressed the other night we had a power outage and the whole time the whole five and a half hours she was going I mean non-stop it was quite (laughs) quite entertaining let me tell you But uh, keeping her comfortable and clean is my A number one responsibility. There's also the possibility that I will no longer be able to care care for her if she slides deeper, uh, if she forgets how to eat. I I can't risk her life. I'll have to find a facility for her. I, oh, I really don't. I really wish the God that God would take her before then. I I really do even though it's going to be the most devastating day of my life when she passes. Um, weird, oddly enough, um, the recall sometimes she has amazes me. One day she blurted out, you're my son and I love you. And it just came out of nowhere and it made me feel good. Does it bother me that she may not no longer know who I am? Honestly, that never really did bother me. Um, I'm very in tune with her, and I know she—I know she loves me to death. I know she loves my sisters. She responds to my sister Lori, even though she's not seen her in a few years. She—she she knows she loves her family. My my cousin Scott comes to visit. She has a very good uh, rapport with him. My niece comes home. She loves kids still. She loves babies when she sees babies on TV. She just loves babies. I get her little toys to play with. She still has that little bit of this is silly kind of thing to her. Um, she has a she has her bottom teeth, but she doesn't have her top teeth. Long time ago, I had to 
quit putting her dentures in because she was losing them. That was a funny story. I actually have a TikTok video of her where she stuck her teeth one time in the couch. We couldn't find it. And lo and behold, we see the teeth stuck in the grooves of the couch. <laughs> but we had, uh, I had to take her bottom, but she's still able to kind of chew food, but I think it irritates her gums a little bit. So we thought about giving her a pacifier to kind of soothe her gums, but she doesn't, I can tell she kind of, she thinks, what are you doing? I'm not a baby. Even now, I still have that feeling. I really worry, the big fear I have of Alzheimer's patients is that they're in there. They're, they're in there, they can't, they can't um, express themselves. It worries me. Like, if when I talk about things in front of her, like dying or whatever, I know she hears that and she's responding. So I have to watch what I say in front of her. I feel like she's there still. I don't feel like... It's like... I remember I knew a deaf person. And a lady would just talk about them in front of him. And, uh, he could read lips, obviously. It's like that. He knew what was being said. But he couldn't respond to it. Because he, could, he was a mute. And so respect that there's still a human being there. She is very much so. She's gotten used to me wiping her and cleaning her and, and changing her and all that. I'm used to it. Where there's days when she does not cooperate. Every, every now and then she'll grab your hair or she'll punch you in the stomach when you make her angry. So she's still angry at times. But my mom was mostly pleasant and cute. We laugh a lot. I sing to her. Sometimes I sing to her and she looks at me like, what are you doing? She gives me this look. <laughs> but a lot of times when I'm feeding her, uh, sometimes if she doesn't like it, she'll spit it out. So she's very much still my mom. She's still there. Uh, there's still some of her personality left. She still loves to see people she loves. It, Alzheimer, Alzheimer's is ultimately a very tragic thing. It's an awful thing. Like cancer or all the other things we deal with as human beings. Um, I fear that I'll get Alzheimer's. Both my parents had it. I fear my sisters will get it. I worry about my aunts and uncles who are left. Um, two of my, my mom's oldest sister has Alzheimer's as well. My grandma had dementia. Uh, so my mom reminds me very much of my grandma. Very much so. And my grandma lived to be 94. My mom's going to be 92. My mom's health is wonderful. She doesn't really... She takes one pill for, for her Alzheimer's. She doesn't have high blood pressure. Her varicose veins cleared up because she lays in bed. Uh, her weight loss is disturbing to me. I don't like it, but uh, I try to keep her weight at least where it is now. I, there's no way I'm going to ever get her back to where she was, but she has maintained her weight. Uh, my sister, my sister Kim has been helping me again. Cindy broke her arm last summer and she had to quit helping me and I had to go back to some private care for a month or so. 
And then my sister Kim started helping me a lot more. And now Kim and Sydney are helping me again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's it's easier right now. I'm financially a little better off. But where am I at emotionally? Where my mom's doctor? Uh, not only does she take care of my mom, my mom's doctor is also a caregiver. She gives me advice. I love I love her doctor. Uh, she tells me, you know, you can't take care of her if you don't take care of yourself. I've had to get high blood pressure pills and anxiety medicine, as I said before. I do suffer depression. I am exhausted mentally. Right now, uh, my mom is on a weird schedule. I get up at 5 a.m. I don't get to bed sometimes at 1230. <coughs> While my day's off, I tend to sleep a lot. Yes, I do watch out for my mom, but if she's okay. That's another thing now. I can take naps and stuff. And I can stop and do my podcast. She's she's okay. TV's on. Um, so I, I do have a little moments to myself. But I, the doctor was right. If I don't take care of myself, how can I take care of her? So it, my health is important too. Um, I want to state too before I wrap this up. Uh, this is my journey with my mom's journey <laughs> this isn't my sister's story they would have a different story I wish they would they don't like to do blogs and things and express herself I tell you it's quite um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for It's it helps me to tell these stories and get this out there and to share my story it helps me and uh, it's kind of my me time. I love sharing this. I hope anybody that's taken on this journey can relate to some of this. It's so many things. Caregiving is so many things. It's scary. It's rewarding. It's frustrating. It's heartbreaking. It's so many things. And I don't know. It's just living. I, I really think that you cannot get through this life without having to care for somebody. I swear this is a, a test from God for me to see what I'm made of. If that doesn't sound weird, but I feel like I'm... I feel this is very rewarding. I feel needed. I feel fulfilled by doing this for my mom absolutely fulfilled and it's important and it's priority it takes precedence over work over anything else caring for my mom is my number one responsibility and uh, I also have pets that I also are responsible for that's also a responsibility I take seriously but I'm going to stop here and I'm going to take a break and I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you for listening. This is I'm Leonard Riggs and this is my podcast from my head to your ears.
I'm Leonard Briggs. This is my podcast from my head to your ears. And I'm going to wrap this up. Um, thank you for listening. I hope um, I've given you a little insight of what I'm going through. Uh, I've been meaning to do this. I just figured this was the time to do it. Um, I need to go take care of my mom, so I need to get off here. Uh, she needs breakfast, even though it's almost noon. We stayed up a little late last night, so I tend to do that when I'm off. Uh, actually, I fall asleep and it ends up being a late night. <laughs> um, honestly, if you're thinking about being a caregiver, uh, to the people that do this professionally, I have utmost respect for you. I don't know how you do this for other people because I don't think I could do this without the love that I have for my mom to do to wipe them and clean them and, and do the, all the things that you do for somebody. It's very asking a lot out of you personally on a personal selfish level. Uh, to do it professionally is very commendable and I swear you get points in heaven for that. Uh, it's it's quite the experience. It, it's hard though because is it rewarding? Uh, it makes you feel like a failure when their health declines. That's the way I always feel. I don't understand how caregivers, professional caregivers don't get attached to people and I guess I have to get into the mindset that I'm helping my mom die comfortably. It's it's a weird thought, but it is true. I'm not helping her. I said this earlier. I'm not helping someone to learn to live. I'm helping someone to die comfortably. So it's the opposite of taking care of children. But anyway, I didn't want this to be a sad thing. I'm not... I'm not generally a sad person if this seemed like a downer to you I apologize it's I didn't mean it's just an experience and you might find yourself in this position and just know that I've got a friend who takes care of her dad and he just frustrates her so bad well my mom and dad did me as well earlier and that's why I had to get all the anxiety pills I punched my bedroom wall once I was so aggravated at her and then I was like, I I knocked a hole in it, and then I had to fix it. I said, you idiot. Now look what you did. I would also scream in a pillow at times. So yeah, at the beginning, it was very frustrating. But now it's it's kind of quieted, quieted down. It's, uh, I don't, I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I don't, I don't, I can't expect others to do what I do. It's just me doing what I want to do for my mom. I hope that makes sense. And I'm going to leave it at that. And thank you for listening to my podcast. I love, 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 love podcasting. I'm still trying to find my way through it. Here I am in the second season and how many episodes later and I still I'm kind of all over the place and maybe maybe I should have called my podcast all over the place with Leonard Riggs <laughs> but in fact this is from my head to your ears 
So I think I picked the proper title for my podcast. And I am Leonard Riggs as well. I will be back in a week or so with another episode. I was going to do bike weeklies, but I get these inspirations and I got to run with it. So thank you for listening. I will talk to you again soon. I'm Leonard Riggs again, in case you forgot. Oh, and this is my podcast for my head to your ears. Don't forget that. Talk to you later.